on drugs with David Birnbaum. Hey, Johnny, thanks for joining me. You're welcome, David. My pleasure. Um, so we'll just jump right in. You are a recovered heroin addict. Um, and we, I wanted to really just kind of ask you about that, both how you fell into that and how you fought your way out of it, because I don't know many people who talk about that experience. Honestly, I, my understanding is it's very hard to get out of it once you're in there. Um, so why don't we start with you know, how did you end up using heroin for the first time, I suppose? You know, how old were you? What was kind of that trajectory like to end up in that position? Um, well, uh, I guess it might have been about 21. Um, and it was, uh, uh, first of all, the first time I did it, I snorted it, which uh, was, you know, everybody at that, you know, everybody's afraid of using needles and, and, you know, so it, it just gradually, uh, just, you know, the more you're doing it, uh, and then you're with the people that are, you're doing it with, um, sooner or later, uh, especially if you're hanging around people that are using it intravenously, um, you're going to start, you're going to start because you, um, when you use it intravenously, intravenously um as opposed to snorting it you need less um and you know that's and you get you get an instant instant reaction instant high and so how did you end up being a 21 year old snorting heroin because obviously you didn't wake up one day and just decide to get or maybe not but i'm assuming you didn't wake up one day and decide just to try it out it's something that, you know, you graduate because I, I guess I started soft drugs at probably as early as 13 or 14 years old. And I'm talking about just, you know, smoking weed and um, gradually, you know, you start experimenting with other drugs, LSD, um, mushrooms, whatever. Uh, and when I was 18, I was introduced to pharmaceuticals. Um which are, you know, the, the ones I was introduced to are an, an opiate, opiate derived, uh, you know, uh, drug. So that, I guess, was pretty much what got me started on that sort of high, if I can, you know. And then, um, you know, you, uh, again, like it's the, the people you're around, you know, you're, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you who you are, right? And gradually, you just uh, just get into it, graduate, <laughs> if I could say that. So, yeah, how, how, who were your friends or how is this like the circles you ended up in? Because, you know, like many, I think like many young people, I did try marijuana as well. And then some of my friends graduated to cocaine or mushrooms, LSD, and even would do that semi-regularly. I never found an interest in doing that, but I, I I don't know anyone who, let's say, made that final step towards intravenous drug use or popping like opiate pills and that sort of stuff. Well, I um, I I'm only child, as you know, but I had I had cousins, a lot of cousins, and one cousin in particular I was pretty close to, and um, we used to use heroin together, so. 
here's like a family member that, you know, I grew up with and, you know, there's, it's not even, a, I, I guess, a matter of trust at, at a certain point. It's like, wow, you know, she's my older cousin. So, you know, it just happened. Right. So uh, as far as, you know, peers, I, I hung around with uh, some questionable, questionable people um, that were all into it. And, you know, it just, you know what, it just becomes a lifestyle, David, uh, at a certain point when when the drug has totally taken over your life it's um you know it it's i'll tell you the reason i i i the major reason i um got sober was because it became the hardest job that you could ever have so you know here's a 24 hour a day seven day a week job that was just exhausting so, I mean, also the disappointment I was, you know, uh, you know, um, giving to my my family and my mother especially, you know, that is there. But you ha- you have to have a reason that I just got tired. I got exhausted of the whole the whole lifestyle, and it was just like seven days a week, you know, twenty four hours a day. That's all you thought about. So. Um, you know, I just said to myself, you know, if I could put, you know, 30% of the effort that I'm putting into this life and putting put it into something normal, then, right? So that's more or less what, what uh, you know, my sort of decision, that's why I decided to, uh, you know. Yeah, so I want to get into the lifestyle and getting out of it as well, but I have a couple more questions about, because you say it was sort of just you say you were hanging around with like not the best people, but at the time, did you recognize that? And like, cause Absolutely. you still had to decide to use it. Obviously it's tough if you're a teen, you're a kid growing up and your family is saying, Oh, someone that you look up to is saying, use this thing. But did you have any awareness that maybe you're not in the best situation or were you, that's kind of the only situation you knew. And now you can reflect back and say, wow, yeah, I wouldn't want a kid to grow up like that. Um, right. I actually wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy that life. It's it's that bad. Uh, but when you're in it, you know, you have to have a some sort of awakening, I guess, to realize, to realize, you know, that you're not really going to live too much longer or, you know, it's, it's just bad. It's just a, a bad feeling. And that's, you know, I did have support. You remember Billy. Billy actually took me to rehab. I went to rehab at the Don Woods Institute uh, back at my, my sobriety date is September 27th, 1992. And I, um, I went on the 17th, 17th. Anyway, I was, I was, that's where I was. Um, and uh, you know, when you, when you come out, if I can skip ahead, mm. you have to disassociate with everyone including family and a a really to my you know what i can remember is is my best friend growing up was was a drinker and and you know he smoked weed you know but you know we grew up in the same the same um area right so Mm -hmm. we were best friends but uh, you know towards the end i i didn't really hang around with him right uh, but I did go into rehab, like I said, and came out. And 
um, I knew that I had to, you know, disassociate with everybody that, that was using anything at that point, because I ran into him and he, you know, say, Hey, you know, how you, how you doing? Let's, let's go for a beer. Come on. One beer, one beer. And I knew that I, I, I could never really, you know, sort of be friends with this guy anymore. I, I mean, I love the guy. He's like, but because of the, like, it was like, here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, but I have to realize I'm not going to get support from everybody. And if anything, I'm going to be encouraged to go the opposite way. Right. So it, um, yeah. So at, at that point, you know, you really, really uh, have to ostracize yourself and, you know, just worry about your sobriety. That's the most important thing in, in your life is your sobriety. Like to this day, you know what I mean? It's, and so why were you able to do it? Because it's kind of a stereotype that many people can't do that. They get out of rehab and it's just a cycle. They go back with the same people. They they fall back into it. They go to rehab again. Like that's kind of what I hear. Um, but you had one one stint in rehab and then you you left that life behind. What do you think made you more able to do that than some others? No, I'll, I'll tell you. Um I don't know exactly. I can tell you that um, when I was in rehab, um, like I said, um, my sobriety date was uh, September 27th, 1992. But I went into rehab on September 17th. So what happened was um, while I was in there, I, I met somebody that was bringing drugs in. So I actually did drugs while I was in rehab. So um, a couple of times. And then I guess the third time I had ran into this person, uh, we were going to eat because it's like when you have everybody lines up and, and uh, she, you know, they said, you know, I'm going to go out again. I said, you got to stay away from me. And I was really, I would, I'm not going to say it the way I said it, but I just said, you have to stay away from me. And that was it. So, um, and that, that was, and, and then the 27th was the next day. And then I went to an NA meeting because they had a narcotics anonymous, um, meaning ev meeting every Sunday, it was called the bridge over troubled water. So I went to this meeting the next day and, um, that was it. So I, you know, a week went by and I started to feel really good. And to the point where I, I started to like, to, you know, work out a little bit. Um, and <laughs> I, it was my birthday on October 8th, as you know. So while I was in there, you know, um, I was sort of, uh, you know, told that I was a high risk and I wasn't allowed to go out on the weekend. Some people could, some people couldn't. I was a high risk. I couldn't go out. So I, um, all right. So I agreed. So, <laughs> you know, my birthday came up, there was a Saturday and I, literally went out for about an hour and had a cranberry juice at just, you know, uh, just down the street, came back and it just seemed like nobody saw me and it was okay. So, um, you know, this was the Saturday. So on the Monday, I got called down to the office and uh, the counselor was there and all she said to me, I said, hi, you know, and all she said was, um, you went out. And I said, yeah, it was my birthday. She said, well, pack your bags and don't linger. So I kind of looked at her and I said, well, if you think that's going to make me 
go out and use again, you're wrong. Thank you very much. Uh, so that was, it was kind of an FU kind of sort of thing. But, you know, I did get a lot of tools while I was there uh, in, 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 you know, group meetings and, and you know, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, you have your uh, affirmations, you, you know, and, and I still have the same one to this day, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, you know. I, so I, what you talked about, like, so why didn't you... Was there an urge? Was there a pull to use again? Or it was a pretty... Well, clear, um, like... Not, you know, I... I hmm. I'm, I'm, it's always there. And you, you said at the beginning, recovered addict. Mm. You're always in recovery, so you're a recovering addict all the way through. That's the correct terminology, just to okay. say. So um, it's just the way, you, again, you, you, you deal with it. And, and like I said, I had to make the decision that, you know, some even family members, I'm not going to see them anymore. That's it, right? And I can, uh, you know... I can remember even going by my mom's place and there was, I had some other cousins over who weren't heavy drug users, but they're heavy drinkers, which is a drug. Alcohol is a drug. Anyway. Um, and I, I went in and my mom was there and my cousins and they had had a few drinks and they were feeling good. And my one cousin came up and I, I don't know, he said something like, you know, uh, you know, you think you're better than us or I don't know, something like that. Right. And uh, you know, I just said to my mom, I'm going to go, you know, and that was right. I just felt really uncomfortable. So, yeah, it's more or less just um, just making sure you look after yourself and, and sort of not not uh, put yourself in sort of uh, trigger triggering um, uh, sort of situations. Right. So, jumping back, what was to call it a lifestyle actually like when you were using, because you said it became a 24 hour job, like it was an exhausting thing. And that's, you know, it doesn't seem like my picture would be, it's just like you sit on a couch, you shoot up once in a while, and then you're just kind of like well, out the rest of the time. Well, you know, when you need a hundred, $150 a day for your, your, your habit, um, you have to get money somehow. So that was, you know, there was some illegal things that, that were, were, were done to obtain the money. So, um, you know, uh, uh, just a, um, a sort of uh, an example of a, 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 a day in that life is, you know, you wake up, you page your dealer, and he had one of half a dozen places that you would go meet. When you get there, there's 20 people waiting for him and you know he he would you say <laughs> so this guy had a it was a business so he would actually you could go there but if he knew you were going to come back later to get more drugs he'd give you some you wouldn't even need money uh, you know because you'd usually come back and see him later on so that was um you know the start of the day so you'd go and you'd meet your dealer and then and um, you would go uh, stealing, quite frankly. You would just go. I, I was actually a, 
I drove around three guys. I was a driver and we would go to grocery stores, liquor stores. Um, anyway, just a lot of different way, you know, ways to places you could, you know, steal and we'd steal and we'd go sell it at uh, social clubs where we, they're, they're called the technical term or technical the slang term is a fence. So if you take stolen, you go to a fence and the fence buys them off you. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's, you know, so the whole day was, like I said, you know, you wake up, page the guy, go meet him, get straightened out, and then you uh, go out and work and then come back and you do that every day. That's it. So that's the job. Right. Um, so just imagine how, you know, and not to mention you're putting yourself in some pretty uh, risky situations because you're you're out and you're you're a criminal. You're uh, this is your life and this is how you obtain money to support your habit. So mm -hmm. it just yeah, like it just became exhausting. Even though I did it for like five years, solid, it just became really tough. Yeah, and I was going to ask how long, because you said the first time you tried heroin was you were 21, and so this lasted for five years. You were using well, daily or no, almost daily? Well, it, uh, not real. At 21, I didn't really get into it that heavy. I was still, you know, kind of doing the pharmaceutical drugs. and So I guess probably around 23 uh, yeah, because I was 28 when I went into rehab. So around, I would say, 22, 23 years old, that's when I started to get pretty heavy. Mm. And um, it, uh, yeah, it just escalates. And it just becomes, you know what? You, you, you're not even, it's your job. So, if, if you know, it's kind of, and you're, uh, you know, you're using the drug because you, you want to escape or you want to just have that feeling, right? When you reflect on that time before rehab and like, does it, do you have a strong association with who you were then? Is it like another person almost? Like, how do you relate to that experience now? Well, I mean, addiction is a, is, is a, is a disease. So, I don't necessarily, and there were some pretty smart guys in history that were addicted to hard, hard drugs, believe it or not. Um, so I don't really think that it's it's a personality thing. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that because you could have a, an addictive personality. Uh, am I the same person? Definitely not um, than I was then because it has, has to do a lot with maturing and growing up um is 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 a good way to put it uh and being able to face the real world i guess um but i don't think you know there are some drug addicts that are you know heavy duty criminals that it, it just didn't matter i wasn't you know i didn't go out and kill anybody or or pull a gun on anybody or anything like that but there are that do that, right? And they go, they're extreme. 
especially even now, probably I, I could imagine, but I couldn't imagine or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, cause you, you mentioned you were 28 when you went into rehab and that's how old I am now. And like, I really couldn't Im- imagine what that would be like. It's hard for me to picture someone being my age, like if how I could be in a situation like that. So it seems like it's almost like a different, different world to me. How do you, um, yeah. It's a different world. And that's a good thing. I would never want you to be involved in that world. Um, But you know what? There's people younger than you that have been in rehab a few times. I mean, look at some of these child stars. They were in rehab when they were like 15 years old. So, you know, you don't have experience with it because you've never had to, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if you, you know, if you were in a situation where you got to a point where you needed help, then you'd be experience it, experiencing it, hopefully. Right? And so what, like, what was the moment like when you realized you should go to rehab? Was it like a light bulb? Was it like you were like, this is getting pretty exhausting and eventually you're like, I just want to quit this job, so to speak. Well, I did try a couple of times to, to kick um, and failed um, because, again, but, it, you know, it got to a point and, and, you know, my father passed when I was nine years old. So it, also the fact of it, you know, being exhausting that life, I did consciously think that how disappointed if my father was alive, he would be right. You know, and all, you know, so that contributed to it. And my arms were, were, you know, bruised up because of using, you know, that's right. So you look at your arms and you just say, that's it. I, I, I'm done. And I, I, I'm so tired and I'm, you know, disappointing a lot of people. And even my mom, I mean, of course my mom was alive and, you know, I put her through <laughs> some, you know, very unfortunate uh, situations with me being, you know, in the life that I was with. Um, so, you know, and, and again, I, I was, you know, happy to, I was happy to get sober, um, it, you know, and sort of have a, you know, before my mom passed, my relationship with her was really good. And that's, that's pretty much, you know, what I wanted, uh, you know, that goes along with, you know, becoming sober and just changing your life just so, you know, the, you know, the, the, the exhausting thing, yes, but, uh, you know, there's definitely a, 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 another reason or, or bigger reasons, I guess you could say, that are very important. And that's disappointing to people that love you. Mm. you yeah, because... That makes sense. And yeah, I want to sort of, I suppose, give you more credit than I'm interpreting you're giving yourself. And I, because you said kind of like it just sort of happened. But like for some people, when that thought comes up, you know, a really convenient way to get rid of that thought is to use the drugs again. Right. And so like people just sort of at some, like don't people sort of just drown out those thoughts, drown out the, oh, I'm disappointing my family and that sort of stuff. But you wanted to hold on to those and you wanted to, because someone I spoke with, I don't know what um, substances he was addicted to, but he said like, 
the only way he could get sober and he thinks people get sober is they have some other positive that they're pursuing instead of the drug rather than just like only avoiding the drug. I'm wondering. Uh, I, you know, you do. So I did make, you know, uh, you know, maybe a, a couple of attempts to, to, uh, to straighten out. Um, and, and, and every time you go back, it's like, it's, it's a, a you know, disappointment in a way. I mean, all of a sudden you're getting high again and you've got that feeling, but then you're thinking about tomorrow. Right. And I don't, you know what I mean? It just, mm. here, we, here we go again, uh, that kind of feeling. Right. So yeah, you just have to, I guess, I guess just get to a point and, and just, uh, you know, get enough strength uh, up to, uh, or, or, you know, to, to do it, you know? And, and so you were, you weren't in rehab for very long. Is that correct? I was, I was supposed to be in a month and, um, I was out on, so three weeks. I was in three weeks, yeah, because uh, the 8th, 9th, to 10th. So I went on the 17th of September, and they threw me out on the 10th. Right. Of and, October, of October, two days after my birthday. And what was my question? So it seems like, you know, the idea I hear is that addiction, it's like a psychological thing, right? There's stuff that people have to go through therapy to understand why they're using, why they're trying to avoid reality and that kind of stuff. But that's the stereotype is more like, or at least my impression is the more it's like, yeah, a month's long process. It's not just kind of like go in, stop using, get clean and move forward. But was your, am I simplifying it too much? Or is that sort of what yours was your experience was like? Um, they give you the tools when you go in there. And I took the tools that they gave me and I still use them today. So it's, you know, it's not even, you know, the affirmation thing is, is, you know, the most, I guess I took from there that, that I can remember. I mean, obviously there was talks and group therapy and why we use and, um, but you know the tool that i that i um took with me that's most important was the affirmation part because i didn't really understand the fact that you know your subconscious uh will does not receive negatives it only receives positives so uh, for example if you're trying to stop and you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself wow i'm really not going to do that today i'm really not going to do that today your subconscious is saying, eh, it sounds like you want to. It doesn't really sound, you know, because it doesn't, it doesn't accept the negatives. So, you know, to this day, my, <laughs> my affirmation is, is uh, it's okay if I don't use today, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay. That's positive. And, you know, it's, uh, it's okay if I don't use today. I'm the most important person in my life at this time. And my sobriety date is September 27, 1992. So I say that probably an average of 25 times a day still, because why not? Why not? You know, you yeah. just, you know, and it, it, it could be, yeah, you know, any, 
any reason to say it. You don't need it. I mean, there's some probably some reasons where you're, you know, you're in an argument or or whatever. You know, it could be. But you just, you know, and then you'll, you'll after it's all, you'll settle down and and then you'll just say it. It's an affirmation, mm-hmm. right? So that is probably the real, you know, the real thing that I can remember about rehab that I took with me. So those are tools. So you get the tools. If you go in, it's up to you to use them or figure out how to use them. Right. They don't come with instruct. Well, they do come with instructions. Right. But (laughs) you, you just gotta, (laughs) right. It's something that you can't, you can't just say, Oh, I'm good. I don't need it anymore. And yeah. and so you got out of rehab. You said you had to kind of cut out most of the people and ostracize yourself because mm-hmm. they were just in that environment that you were now trying to get out of. Mm-hmm. And what was it like, like sort of starting trying to restart and not just restart generally, but I imagine people, some people are extremely judgmental if you even mention it now, even they're 25 plus years sober. I, uh, I don't know exactly how long. But I'm at 28 and um, I imagine, yeah, it's not that you're not treated that well by everyone if they find this out and, um, you know, does it come up often? But how do you just like, you know, you're you're uh, however old you were coming out of rehab, Mm -hmm. trying to basically restart your life. What is that like? How well I had the support. I had the support. Right. I had, I had support of my mom. I had the support of Billy, who was like a, like a father to me anyway. Right. So, and, and I can remember Billy's words when I told him that I wanted to go to rehab. Um, and, and, and that, you know, I just wanted to change. He said to me, uh, I support you a hundred percent, but don't waste my fucking time. And you remember Billy. Mm. Right? So, and that was it. I, I And he came to see me in rehab a few times. We had lunch. And so when I came out, he was, he was waiting, you know, so, you know, I came out in, in October. So in February of uh, 1993, I went with Billy to, to, to LA and uh, you know, he introduced me to some, you know, his friends and stuff like that. We went to Palm Springs and I played golf for the first time. And as you know, I kind of like golf. <laughs> yeah. So you know what, call it, call golf my drug of choice now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, um, if I can say that, I, yeah, I, I like golf. What? And so I want to, I want to kind of ask. So you're you're coming on and sharing with me your experiences, and I appreciate that. But there's many people who would be uncomfortable sharing openly that they used to use heroin, or they'd be worried about how people might view them. Um, like you know, I'm also wondering, like, how does that come up? You're you know, you're married to my mom. How does it come up when you're dating someone? Oh, by the way, I used to be a heroin addict. Like, how does how does that as a feature of your past play into your life? Well, you know, I guess it's uh, it's like you know, you meet somebody and you have a disease, and you this is you know, uh, you, you can look at it that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you do explain, because you're 
you know, when you come out and you're, and you're, and you're sober, you're going to be in situations where someone's going to say, Hey, uh, here, have a beer or no, I'm good. So what was good is they told you the more you say, no, it's, is better. Right. But you, you just, yeah, you just keep saying no. And, and eventually it's just, I mean, when I got, when I was, it was so, I was so um, focused that if I went, you know, someplace and they had like a dessert that had alcohol in it or whatever, even though it doesn't really affect you, I wouldn't have the dessert. You know what I mean? Because it was just, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm okay. You know, mm. but that's because I was so focused on my sobriety um, that, you know, that's, that's just what, you know, what works for me, mm. what work, you know what I mean? That's, that's more or less, uh, what about people who, yeah, might treat you poorly because they know it? How do you deal with them or think about them? Uh, you know what? Listen, I've, <laughs> I, I grew up in projects, David. So, I mean, I was used to, you know, sort of like, oh, yeah, he, he, he you know, he's from that place. And that's, and that's okay because, you know, at the time, stuff like that can, you know, can sting a bit, right? But when you get older, it's, you know, you can't, first of all, you can't buy that education that where I grew up, you can't, you can't buy that. You become uh, a pretty good judge of character. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, a lot of people are really uh, don't understand it. Another way of saying it uh, is ignorant. Um, and they just, yeah, they don't, they just right away uh, label you. Um, and that's it. But, uh, you know, you kind of, I shrug it off. It's, you know, it's, uh, some people were very commendable. Uh, and the other people I really didn't associate, you know, or whatever, if I knew that that's what they thought, that was it. Like, okay, done. <laughs> we don't have to see each other anymore or, or right. So yeah, you're always going to be, labeled i guess you could say but it's i guess it's the way you deal with it from your 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 you know your own positive sort of uh um response to anybody that sort of you know says anything derogatory or what you know what i mean like just uh you just kind of shrug it off you know it's not that it's you're it's it's my hey man it's my life this is what i choose to do uh, whatever, like, you know, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people, they, you know, everybody's got problems with it that you can't see when you see some relatives or somebody in their life that might be, they don't think of that, you, you know, they just sort of at the time just sort of label you and mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, you, um, uh, yeah, I, a lot of the people that I hung around with, it just time went by and, you know, you're away from that life and you don't wish anybody harm and, but you just, that's it, man. You, you don't, uh, you don't, uh, all their phone numbers are gone and you got, you know, you got a new life and, and, and everybody in it is, is, you know, th that you keep in your life is, is very uh, important, you know, to recovery. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I just want to add, um, you know, I think 
I think, um, you know, your approach to life generally, you're, you're one of the most kind of grounded people I know. You're very much just sort of aware of kind of just what's going on. Let's say your eyes are open to just what's going on. And to me, it's like it, it, it would be, I'd be hard to believe that someone, obviously not saying it's a good thing to go through, by no means am I saying that. But it seems like if you're in that situation, you have to really face yourself to get out of it. And then that kind of always stays with you. Like you have to really say, am I going to take, like I could die. Am I taking my life seriously or not? And like, if you make that decision, that kind of, most people never face that question. Most people just like sleepwalk through life. But if you're in a real dire situation, you have to sort of wake up. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did, you know, OD a couple times. And if there was nobody there, I was gone. And one of those times, uh, my mom, bless her, was the one that revived me. So those are pretty eye-opening, I guess I could say eye-opening situations that would sort of say, wow, how lucky am I going to be the next time? Right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that adds up to it too, because you're like, oh, you know, like I'm still here, but am I going to be here tomorrow if I keep this up? And, and probably not, you know, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be speaking right now, be, be, you know, be, because of it. Um, if I, you know, if I wouldn't have, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, and so you, you mentioned sort of casually that you almost died a few times from overdosing. Is that how you, like, it's just a fact of your past now. There's not like, I imagine it, I, I feel like I would be more traumatized if I had experienced that, but I suppose it's just, you have to accept this was that lifestyle. That's who I used to be. And it's just a fact of my past. Mm -hmm. Well, there's see when you're in that lifestyle, that lifestyle, especially for the length of time that I was in it, um, you know, you, you hear of people that OD and die. It's people you know, uh, OD. And, and, and so it's not uncommon to hear about it. And even because, you know, you're, you hear it. So, wow, I knew that person and they OD. They're gone now. Or they barely made it or whatever. So I knew the consequences um, if, you know, if, if by staying you know, getting high stuff, but you don't think about it. You know, you don't think about it. It just happens. You, t you know, a little too much or yeah, a little too strong. And then before you know it, uh, yeah, your people are reviving you, slapping you in the head to wake up. So, um, and you know, you, you, Bare, you know, I barely got by some really, really bad situations that I was in. Uh, not, you know, you know, the ODing, sure. But the, the other part of the, you know, I mean, I, yeah, had 12-inch blade pushed on my throat once. Well, you know, uh, and, you know, and I thought that at that time I was, I was going to die. So you put your, yeah, you, you, uh, you, um have certain certain situations that make you sort of consider quitting, you know, 
or, or you know, you think consciously like, oh, what's going to happen tomorrow if I if I don't if I don't uh, give up the fight, right? Because it's it's a it's a fight, <laughs> you know. And so I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this with me because I'm very much trying to, you know, just create a, a space and a community that can talk about drugs seriously and sincerely because, again, it's still very taboo in the culture, it seems. Um, and I think it's really unfortunate. And so I appreciate you coming on and sharing with me um, other than just, you know, you're, you're my stepdad, you love me and you want to support me. Is there anything in particular, uh, any reason you, you felt like you did want to come on and, and share and talk about this? Well, you're, you're my stepson and I love you and, and I'm proud of you. So, you know, this is for me, this is a, uh, this is a uh, pleasure. Pleasure. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. And so I just want to highlight then that, you know, you're just very casual about this. You're like, you know, you used to use heroin and that's just a fact of your life. And so you re- someone asked you to talk about it and that's just it, right? That's pretty much it. Yeah. I, uh, I, and anybody that, you know, is thinking that, you know, uh, that they want to give up the fight, just hopefully they can, they can uh, gather the strength and, and, and uh, you know, just do it, try and do it. You know, I wouldn't wish the life on my worst enemy. Hmm. You know what I mean? Well, thanks, Johnny. I appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with me about this. Okay, buddy. I will speak to you soon.